my brother, uh, he was around 10 at that time. He ran upstairs and he was like, Rakaya, two FBI agents are here for you. And I'm like, no, you're joking. And he's like, no, I'm serious. Like, they're sitting down. Dad is about to serve him tea. You need to come down and talk to them. That must have been so <laughs> surreal. Yeah, no, it was. Wow. I. I was very, like, taken aback. I, I still thought he was joking until I got downstairs and I saw them. Welcome to the BCS Race Talk podcast. This is James Cho. Today we have uh, Rukaya Mabizari. Yes. Yes. Hi, how's it going? Going well. Yeah? Thank yeah. you so much for, for taking the time to chat. Um, this is an exciting day for you because you are graduating today. I am at yeah. 7 p.m. <laughs> That's excellent. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me on the day that you're graduating. <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, what are you graduating with, by the way? Um, I'm graduating with a double degree, um, primary biomedical sciences and secondary in psychology. Okay. Biomedical sciences, BIMS. Is that BIMS, what they call it? Yeah. BIMS, yeah. I think I had a friend who was a BIMS major. BIMS major, BIMS yes. Major We're in infamous. <laughs> that's cool. Campus. That's cool. Uh, yeah, that's cool. Well, excellent. That's that's so exciting. Yeah. You know, congratulations ahead of time. Yeah. Thank you. Excellent. Thank you so much. Well, thanks for for reaching out. Um, I uh, had reached out to the uh, the Islamic Center Bryan College Station to see if anybody would be interested in having a conversation um, on the podcast about generally race relations and racial identity. And, and you were the one of the ones that had reached out to me. So thank you very much for talking with us. Um, we don't know each other. And so I wanted to get a little bit of a brief background information about who you are, where you grew up, things like that. Of course. Um, so I guess a big part of my identity is that I am first generation American. And so um, my dad actually got a scholarship um, to come study here in America. And that's how we ended up here. But um, I was born and raised in Houston. I'm one of uh, six, uh, six other siblings. And um, so it's a very big family. So there's seven of you total then? Yes, seven okay. total. Mm -hmm. And um, the area that I grew up in, um, in Houston, is called A-Leaf, and it's known as the ghettos of Houston. Okay. <laughs> Not necessarily, uh -huh. but um, it's an extremely diverse area, and it's known for its diversity. And so growing up in that area, um, I was exposed to people of different cultures, different races, um, even different socioeconomic status. It, you saw everything in A-Leaf, and so... Um, I was very used and accustomed to seeing everybody. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's a bit of my background, um, like family-wise and growing up-wise. Interest-wise, um, I'm really interested in mental health, and I have a huge passion um, for uh, psychiatry, and I hope to do something along those lines uh, okay. one day. Excellent. So your your father got a scholarship. Now, where did he come from? Uh, so my parents are originally both from Algeria. And okay. so he came from Algeria to um, Houston. Okay. Uh, okay. Well, to Austin, I guess, because he went to UT. I see. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how does he feel about you being at Texas A&M, by the way, then? Just well, for, out of curiosity. Yeah. So it's actually a funny story. So he he originally was supposed to go to A&M. Uh-huh. And um, back then, 
TU was more um, well known in Algeria, and mm-hmm. so he ended up transferring before he gave A and M a shot. Mm-hmm. And so when I was applying for colleges, and we were deciding between UT and A and M, he visited A and M campus for the first time, and、mm-hmm. he was like, "You know what? I should have gone there." Oh, okay, <laughs> and, all right. And so he's really he, he likes it a lot. He loves A and M. I see. So he. Thinks, oh, he should have gone to A and M. So he's、yeah. pretty much he's pretty much a, a, a proud Aggie dad. Exactly.、Huh? Okay. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I imagine that that coming from a quite diverse neighborhood in Houston to College Station was probably a little bit of a transition.、Um, Bryan College Station is not necessarily the most、uh, diverse, but it's not necessarily the most homogenous either,、mm-hmm. right? What made you decide to come to A and M? Well,、um, going back to about my dad、um, going to UT, so every time he was like, "Let's go on a family vacation," he meant let's go relive his college day, <laughs> and so I knew UT like the back of my hand.、Uh-huh. And to me, ultimately, my decision was always UT or A and M, and I'm the kind of person who loves trying new things,、mm-hmm. and so A and M was new to me. I I didn't know anything much about it except from、um, what I heard from like my teachers and my peers, and、um, they all really loved it. And then going, we visited A and M with my dad, and he got on board, and he was like, "I love A and M." And so ultimately, I was like, "I think this is a place that I'm gonna、um, go to because it was completely new, and I just wanted to do wanted a different experience." Okay. Fantastic, fantastic,、yeah. cool. Now,、uh, you're you're presumably going to be moving on to to really bigger and better things,、um, mm. and so presumably you're you're going to be leaving Bryan College Station at some、yes. point fairly soon. I want to ask you what your experience was like overall at Texas A and M and at Bryan College Station. Well,、um, my experiences have been a mixture of things.、Um, There's definitely been a lot of ups and downs,、mm-hmm. but overall, I do think that、um, A and M has shaped me and made me stronger as a person. It has opened my eyes to things that I never really thought about because, like I said, I came from a really diverse area,、mm-hmm. and so、um, race, culture, religion was never a problem, and it was never something that crossed my mind until I got to A and M, and I was like. Whoa, you know, I never identify. I never identify myself as a Muslim American. I was just an American who just happened to be Muslim.、Mm-hmm. But、um, once I got to College Station, that quickly switched where it was Muslim and American、uh, synonymous together、mm-hmm. um, as one label.、Mm-hmm. How did you come to that realization that? That you were perceived as a Muslim American as opposed to identifying as as an American, because on the one hand you self-identify as a, an American who also is a Muslim, but、yeah. um, was that hyphenation a result of 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 other people's perceptions of your identity? Yeah, definitely、um, other people's perception. So one of the first experiences I had with A and M、um, was. My before I even entered A and M, it was my the summer of my freshman year, and several days before I decided to Google my last,、uh, several days before I was supposed to enter A and M, I decided to Google my last name. Okay. 
And um, I Googled my name. And what pops up as a Google search is Rakaya Mabizari. I don't even know how to pronounce her name, Rakaya Mabizari. And it was on Twitter. And I don't have a Twitter. So I found that kind of odd. And I like clicked on it. And I scrolled down. And I see a series of tweets about me. Um, and I later found out that these tweets, uh, so a little backstory. I was originally um, assigned to uh, on-campus dorm, mm -hmm. and I did a little bit of research um, on that dorm, and I decided that I didn't really want to stay there, and so I transferred to a different dorm um, that was single room, all girls. Um, I would just feel more comfortable in that environment. And so um, when I found the Twitter feed, um, what I discovered was the person who was making these tweets were, was the person who I was assigned to before I switched. And so what the girl had come up with was um, she never met me, never reached out or talked to me, but everything that she wrote was based on my Facebook profile. And um, a couple of things that she had um, said was, oh, this girl doesn't even speak English. She covers everything except for her eyes. I refuse to go to A&M if this uh, roommate situation does not change. And so as an incoming freshman, and that being your first experience of A&M, um, that was really the first time that I went, whoa, mm -hmm. something is different about me. Mm -hmm. And and it was a very hard, uh, hard thing to be exposed to because as a freshman, all you, all you want to do is fit in. And mm -hmm. then um, you're not even there on campus and you're already not fitting in. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, it was, uh, that was really the first time where I, I really um, realized that I'm not just an American who happens to be Muslim. I am a Muslim American. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you, so after you came onto campus, so that was your first um, interaction with, with your experiences with A&M, not even necessarily being on campus. And that just happened to be the, 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 the biggest and loudest um, uh, voice, you know, regarding your identity and, and you yeah. coming on to A&M. You said that your your experiences were overall mixed in the sense of, of having several ups and downs. Mm -hmm. When you got onto A&M campus, did you feel like that particular tweet or that incident was generally like characteristic of your experience? Or did you think, well, that that doesn't really necessarily represent my overall experience here at A&M? doesn't really represent my overall experience, um, for sure. Those series of tweets ended up um, kind of going viral. And people started calling into A&M and asking um, for them to look into the case. And so that was my first experience before coming to A&M. But mm -hmm. once I actually got to A&M, what I was welcomed with was... Um, the administration had sent people to come check upon me, make sure I was doing all right. Mm -hmm. And so it was definitely, I got a lot of positive from that. And that really pushed me through the school year because I realized that if anything was to happen, that there would be a support system behind me to help me. And so definitely with every incident that I've had on campus, I've had the positive incident to back it up. Okay. Do you know what happened to that that student? Um, I don't know. Um, 
she, I found out that she was actually uh, a blend student, mm-hmm. um, so not necessarily a and M student, but they ended up uh, talking to her, and um, I haven't really uh, felt the need to look more into what mm-hmm. happened to her mm-hmm. or anything. Um, she did reach out and apologize to me, and yeah, that's about it. Okay, okay. <laughs> was that... Did everything, I guess the question is, after that, did all your experiences feel like they were, oh, that was just an anomaly, that was just a, a thing that just happened, and then, and then everything else was, was tame compared to that? Um, unfortunately not. So another big event really happened um, sort of the summer of my sophomore year, mm-hmm. and Basically, what ended up happening, um, a little bit back backstory so that you better understand um, what I'm about to tell you, is that one day I was walking home from finals. Um, Evan Library closes at 2 a.m. And mm-hmm. so I was coming back from Evan Library and I was walking to my dorm, which I lived on campus. And this is during finals week, you said? During finals week, okay. yes. So normal thing that the students would do. Totally normal. Mm-hmm. And because it's so late, and me being a female, I do like to have my phone out um, just in case anything was to happen. Quick dial 911. Perfectly normal. At least I thought it was normal. And so I'm walking, and little did I know um, somebody was watching me. And they felt threatened by my appearance. And the way I came about knowing this was that several weeks into my soft, uh, the summer of my sophomore year, two FBI agents um, came to my home in Houston. And um, basically, they came in, and my dad, really funny, he welcomed them in. I was like, do you want tea? Come sit down. <laughs> Welcome, like, please. I'll, yeah, okay. I'll bring you food, whatever, you're, uh, whatever you need. And I was very shook because... Um, my brother, uh, he was around 10 at that time. He ran upstairs and he was like, Rakaya, two FBI agents are here for you. And I'm like, no, you're joking. And he like, no, I'm serious. Like, they're sitting down. Dad is about to serve him tea. You need to come down and talk to them. That must have been so <laughs> surreal. Yeah, no, it was. Wow. I I was very, like, taken aback. I, I still thought he was joking until I got downstairs and I saw them. And, and so I came downstairs and uh, I sat down and for their, the first thing they asked me to tell them about was my uh, roommate incident that I just uh, discussed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and so I told them all about it and um, I had no idea why they like brought it up. But um, the next thing they asked me was, oh, so we heard that you were out one night and something happened. And at that time, I, I like studying late at night. Once again, coming home um, at, uh, at night back to my dorm room and somebody had said uh, really uh, something that made me really uncomfortable. And it was a racial slur and it freaked me out and t- so much to the point where I like ran to my dorm because I was scared of safety. Mm -hmm. And so when they asked me about, oh, so you were walking out around this time, um, what were you doing? I thought 
to me, it was, oh, they're here to follow up because they're concerned about my safety. I see. I see. Yeah, this happened to you. And so this is why we're here. Mm-hmm. And so I told him the story and I was like, but it's okay. Everything was fine. And don't worry about it. And they're like, no, ma'am, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about on such and such date, you were walking at such and such time and um, you were wearing non-Western attire. And I know you can't really see me right now, but um, I basically am in jeans, Mm T-shirt. The only thing really different about me is I wear a headscarf, but Mm -hmm. my headscarf is from Forever 21, so I just wear it on my head. (laughs) And so, um, quote, non-Western attire. And um, the person had included in the report that I was being very suspicious, and they used the word possible terrorist activity. And because they used that T word, when they filed the report, A&M had to send it up to the federal um, agents because of protocol. And that's why they were there to interrogate me. Wow. Wow. So how how did the rest of that... Sorry, finish your thought. Finish your story. Oh yeah. So, so they just kept on asking me questions, and they they were so like stressed on why do you have your phone out, and I, I was just like, look, I am a female walking to my dorm where I lived and paid to live at at two a.m. in the morning. I'm tired. My uh, awareness is not as well as it is when I'm like during the day. It's night. And I think it's a p- perfectly normal thing to have your phone if you're a female. Like, And so I explained that to them, and they just kind of, like, nodded and kept on asking more questions. And by the end of the story, they were like, ma'am, I'm sorry. I think this whole thing was a misunderstanding. I can tell that clearly it was something out of prejudice and, like, ignorance. And we're really sorry to come to your home in Houston and... Um, And then they got up. As they were leaving, they saw my dad's UT diploma Mm -hmm. and joked around with my dad going, oh, how does it feel that your daughter is an Aggie Mm -hmm. and you're a Longhorn? Mm -hmm. And they joked for a bit and they left as as if it was perfectly normal. And that was it. (laughs) Yeah, and that was it. So, (laughs) wow. Okay. Um, So so what you were doing is something that is not, atypical of a college student yes finishing your finals and then mm-hmm. walking home um late at night with your phone out because you were yeah. a woman uh can you and you never found out who did this who, who who reported this no i i never did i found it odd how they had me tell the um, roommate scenario beforehand mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i the dorm that i ended up moving to was right across from where my ex-roommate was staying. Mm -hmm. And so um, I don't know if it's associated with that, but um, I never, no, of course they wouldn't tell me because it's anonymous. Mm -hmm. And and so, yeah, it just makes me a little bit weary walking out that night and I'm more self-conscious, like, oh my gosh, are people, and it's such a sad thing now because now I walk and I'm more self-aware and I'm like, Am I, do I, do I look like I'm being odd, which makes me feel like I 
I act even more odd because I'm like mm-hmm. looking around and like you okay, become robotic and you yeah. forget how to function yeah. as a human being. Right? <laughs> Make sure my phone is in my pocket. <laughs> oh, like, man. do I look up? Do I look down? Uh-huh. Like, how do I walk? Uh-huh. Like, I yeah, and it's more. It's something that's really impacted me. My um, my time at A and M, and it's something like when you have an experience like that. You can never forget it. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was so used to experiencing things, as I mentioned, at A&M, whether it was uh, racial slurs or um, small things of people staring at me or stuff like that. Um, but that was always A&M. Like, it was a separate category. I... Houston was so different from that. I've never experienced anything that made me feel different. I always felt um, like at home in Houston. Mm -hmm. And so it's really scarring to have Houston, which is my safe place, and something that I'm so comfortable with and never would imagine anything like that happening to me. And so having my experiences at A&M travel down to, your, to Houston to your to your safe place or your yeah hmm. it's really upsetting and it's it it kind of it removes that safe factor because it's like wow no matter where I go I'm always gonna be the person who stands out because of what I choose to wear mm-hmm. a but lot they... to think about. <laughs> I didn't know they sold headscarves at Forever 21. Yeah, they do. They and, do? Okay. And Charlotte Roots, $5. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that one. That maybe well, is a young person brand. Yeah. It's not, they're not headscarves. They're neck scarves. I, I just see. wear them on my head. <laughs> I see. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So you say that 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 there was a lot of, um, for every negative, you know, experience that you've had, there was uh, something that was, that counterbalances that particular thing. Um when you encountered people who uh, were different or curious or or maybe even had open hostility, what is what is your attitude um, sort of approaching those things? Because I mean, it I, I don't pretend to know what it feels like to be a you know a Muslim or a woman. Um, what have you learned through these experiences at A and M? Your your both sort of ups and downs and your mixed feelings about the experience here. Yeah, um, I've learned that there's really two kind of people um, when you're faced with some sort of backlash um, to your race or religion. And it's um, you can have, on one hand, the people who are not going to look, who are not looking for knowledge, and they're just basically there to spread negativity. And Mm -hmm. in that case, all you can really do is turn the other way and not feed into their, um, not give them the attention. Mm -hmm. And then on the other hand, there's a lot of uh, people, and I feel like the majority of them um, are like this on campus, where they just lack knowledge. And um, sometimes they'll say things and not realize that it's insensitive or that they're they're just looking for um, a better understanding because 
ultimately, um, a lot of the students that do come here are coming from a very homogenous uh, community. Mm -hmm. And um, I know a couple of my friends have told me personally that they've never seen a Muslim in their life. Mm -hmm. And to me, that's mind-boggling because I'm from Houston. And I'm like, what? Sure, sure. You, yeah, you grew up in one of the most diverse exactly. places in the nation, as a matter of fact. I think Houston is it, a very, very diverse yes, place. Yes, yes. And so understanding that it's not necessarily that they themselves are is a bad person, but more so that uh, they haven't been exposed to uh, people of different races and cultures and religions, and that honestly what they're just looking for is um, a better understanding. And so if you take the time to sit down and talk to them and go, hey, like, there's a lot more in common than there is differences, um, they tend to open up and really reach out and and like go above and beyond and realize, hey, you know, there is a diversity problem at A&M and it's something that we need to fix and we need to stand up against. Mm -hmm. and yeah, so my experience in Bryan College Station is quite similar in the sense of, of, of having people who are very uh, well-intentioned who just don't necessarily have the knowledge, right, or the experience mm -hmm. of, 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 of um, encountering people who are necessarily different from them, right? And a lot of the, the, the students at A&M, um, both the, I, I was a teaching assistant at A&M for several years, and then I also teach full-time now. A lot of the students are coming from smaller towns around where Bryan College Station is a big city, right? Mm -hmm. and, and you came from a huge city to, to, yeah. to, to Bryan College Station. I, you may have felt it was a small, smaller town when you got here. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I love how people, when they come here, they say, like, they experience a culture shock. Uh -huh. And for the longest of time, I used to say, what are you talking about? But now that I've done my five years, because I am a fifth-year uh, senior, mm -hmm. I I do realize that I also experienced a culture shock of some sort uh -huh. because I wasn't used to how small town and it was definitely a different different for me uh -huh. um, than Houston. And sure, so. sure, yeah. So it sounds like you sort of have the opposite experience of of the 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 students that come from smaller towns. Have you found um, a sense of like people being open to that when when you do have conversations with them about oh you know tell me a little bit about your story or tell me a little bit about you know who you are? Yeah, um, it, honestly, it really depends on the person. Like I said, there's mm -hmm. uh, two type of people that usually sure. approaches me, sure. and so I've definitely had uh, conversation conversations with people who are really interested on why I believe what I believe. And a lot of them are are really surprised because um, Islam is one of the three Abrahamic religions. Yes. And so mm -hmm. Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, mm -hmm. we have um, similar pillars. And so a lot of people, they come up to me and they're like, a lot of Christians come up to me and they, they go, oh, do you believe in Jesus and stuff like that? Or, you know, Jesus loves you. And I'm like, yes, I do. Mm -hmm. I believe in that too. Mm -hmm. And so, and that really, once they start seeing that there's a lot of similarity between mm -hmm. the religions, then they're like, oh, wow, you know, I never thought that. I just followed what the media was um, saying. Mm -hmm. Well, you touched upon a big issue is, is media representation mm -hmm. of, of Muslim Americans particularly. Right? A lot of the, the, the publicity of Muslim Americans tends to be in, in negative ways when something, you know, terrible or tragic happens, right? And so... Um, 
I guess my question is, what would you want people to know about your experiences as a Muslim American without actually having to sit down and have a 40-minute conversation with each individual person? Well, what I would want them to know is, um, honestly, just don't believe what the media tells you. And uh, I don't think there's any real way to change a person's mind unless they actually go out and meet a person. The problem is, if you're not taking the time to sit down and learn a person, mm -hmm. the problem doesn't apply to you because it's, um, for a lot of people, it's out of their scope. They're like, oh, none of my immediate family is Muslim or like of this. And so why should I care about this problem? And I feel like a lot of people, uh, it just goes over their head where mm -hmm. um, they don't realize that things are occurring every day. Like for example, police brutality. Um, I was talking to uh, several uh, students on campus um, the other day and they really didn't see it as an issue. And that's because they've never known somebody who um, who has gone through that. Mm -hmm. And so I do really think that if I was to give the biggest advice um, to a person, if they see somebody that they don't necessarily understand their background, to really push yourself um, past those boundaries and go out and ask them. Worst case scenario, they're like, oh, this person is targeted me because I look different. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, in the end, you get a better understanding of who that person is. Mm -hmm. And that's how a uh, true change happens. Um, because once you meet somebody and you get connected to their story and understand what they're going through, then you have that connection. Um, and that's something hard to forget about as you go on in life, because you're, you're always going to remember, hey, I talked to this one person and they told me this. Yeah, it, so they don't have skin in the game is what I, yes. is, is the way I like to describe it, right? Is that it's not something that you personally experience yourself. And so it may be an exercise in empathizing or sympathizing. I can't remember which is which, <laughs> but, 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 but learning and, and trying to understand somebody else's experience when you yourself haven't had that particular experience, yes, right? Yes, exactly. Okay, okay. Well, that's, that's fantastic. Um, so you, uh, among other things, are part of the Muslim Student Association. I am, right? yes. Okay, yeah, and then you do uh, other things on campus as well. Mm -hmm. I find that a lot of uh, undergrads tend to, it's very difficult for you to get involved in the broader community because you have a lot of tunnel vision, right? I mean, students have a lot demanded upon them. They, you know, have um, a lot of classes, a lot of other extracurricular activities on campus. Do you feel like you've experienced the broader Bryan College Station area in general, or is your experience been more sort of associated with the university? Well, a majority of my uh, experiences have been um, with campus in mm -hmm. general, but I have, um, I have worked as a court appointed special advocate, which are CASA is an organization um, where they provide advocacy for children of a foster care system. Okay. And so um, from that standpoint, I have uh, gone out into the greater College Station Bryan area. I, I definitely got like my hands wet with the greater area. Okay. And stuff like that. Okay. Yeah, I've heard of CASA. So um, mm -hmm. that's, that's fantastic that you're able to do stuff like that. Do you sense a difference in terms of like... Um, the culture and mentality between, like, the broader College Station, Bryan area, and Texas A&M? Yes. 
uh, by far. Um, the greater Bryan area, I guess it, I'm kind of mixed about it because um, I have um, I have worked with big event and mm-hmm. um, in the big event we end up going to um, areas that are more well off in Bryan. Mm-hmm. And helping out there, mm-hmm. and so I definitely know that those areas exist in the greater College Station Bryan area. Mm-hmm. But with my work uh, with Casa, it has been more targeted to low-income areas, mm-hmm. and so I definitely um, working with Casa. I've definitely seen a different mentality where it's more diverse and it's more welcoming, and um, even. The people you interact with, they, um, well, the people that I've interacted with, they're more open, and it really feels like I'm back in um, Houston when I'm out down, like, downtown Bryan and in those areas. And I really, truly feel that my race or my religion isn't really as blatant as it is when I'm on campus. Mm-hmm. You don't feel like you stick out as much? Is that? Yes. Okay. Interesting. Um, when you feel like uh, you stick out, how is it that you tend to, you're able to to manage that in in a, a generally more homogenous environment like Texas A&M? You do MSA stuff. Is there other stuff that you do with, with people who have the same experiences with fellow Muslims? Uh, yeah. So I do do a lot of... Um, activist work and so I do like going to talks about race and um, ethnicity and socioeconomic status and all of that and so I I'm definitely when people look at me they associate me with oh that was that one girl who was at that protest I do it it's not so much being homogenous and like fitting in it's more that i've come, i've come to the point in my life where i feel like certain issues need to be addressed mm-hmm. and and i'm going to stand up and um talk about those issues and so even if i receive backlash about it or um uh one of the things that i went to recently was a uh, uh there was a protest um about the border Obviously, we all know about the border. Mm -hmm. And so there was definitely a lot of backlash on campus. Um, A lot of people were coming up and really forceful going, oh, you know, this is wrong. Immigrants shouldn't be um, coming in here. You should all go back home. And ultimately, you just got to stand up for what you believe in. And I really do think that A&M needs to become more diverse. And I see the more that I push that agenda, the more backlash I receive. But ultimately, what what are you going to do? It's mm-hmm. either you sit down and accept everything that's going on or you try to make a difference and hopefully um, gather some support somewhere and build that uh, community. Okay, I'm curious though. When you talked about your experience, you know, protesting the, uh, the 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 policies regarding the border, they these are largely um, people from across the border in Mexico as well as the rest of the Central America and and and, and Latin America in general. Um, 
how is it that that you feel as a Muslim American? Do you feel a sense of obligation to to people um, who are fellow immigrants? Why why is it that you felt the need to to engage in that type of activism? Oh yes, of course. Um, so I guess I don't want to say it's solely because my parents are immigrants. It's just that there's. Even at A&M, there's a lot of people who are from the Valley. And and growing up in Houston, a majority of, like, my friends and peers were immigrants. And even from, from a humane standpoint, if somebody is leaving their country, that takes, if you, you have to think about it, it takes a lot to leave everything that your language that you know, the culture you know, the sense, the, your safe place, your home. And so it takes a lot to leave a country that you were born and raised in and go to a country that is completely different. And so just understanding that from the humane standpoint, you start to realize these are people who truly need help. So it's not just that I'm an immigrant. I feel it's more so that I'm a human and I realize that people are reaching out for help and they need help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you very much for sharing all that. Uh, you guys are in Ramadan right now. Yes. Yeah, and so um, I, this is something that you presumably practice for, for you know, your entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you've, you've mentioned to me earlier that you had breakfast yeah. very, very early in the morning. Yes. Um, and you're going to presumably have dinner once the sun goes down. Um, actually not because my graduation at is at seven. Uh-huh. It's gonna be um it's gonna be prolonged by a couple of hours. Right, right, right. So <laughs> yeah. the sun doesn't go down until some what around, after seven? Yeah, it goes um down around eight ish. Okay. And so graduation is expected to go on to like nine thirty. Uh-huh. And so an extra hour half. Wow, okay. Okay. <laughs> Probably why I went out and had a big breakfast. Yeah, had a big breakfast yeah. for sure, yeah. Well, excellent. Um, what is what is the thing that 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 people do to wish you a? Do you say anything as a greeting during Ramadan or anything? Yeah. Uh, so the common term is Ramadan Mubarak, mm-hmm. which is just like Happy Ramadan. Okay. Okay. Ramadan Mubarak. Oh, okay. Thank you. Excellent. All right. Well, uh, Rukaya Mabizari. Yes. Thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us and sharing your experience. Congratulations on finishing, and uh, you yeah, have best of luck with with whatever it is that you're doing. Thank you so much. In the future. Thank you. Thank you. DCS Race Talk is produced, edited, and marketed by me. Our graphic designer is Anthony Ramirez. Additional marketing and graphic design help by Dominique Benjamin. Thanks for listening.